0: Well, good morning and welcome to Substitute Sunday here at Southfield. Uh, I'm, my name's Brian, in case you don't already know. I'm the youth pastor here at Southfield. Um, my dad, Dennis, is usually the, uh, the speaking pastor, but this week he's over visiting big kids. Last week he got to go be with the little kids and got to see all, how their programs work and make sure that all the tech, the new tech that they've added, is up and working well, and he loved it. Uh, he said he might not come back. And I was like, "Well, you kind of have to, man." Um, so, but he's over visiting big kids this week, uh, getting to uh, getting a feel of how things go in the gym, and so that's it's really exciting. I just I love how much investment we put into our kids' programs because you you can tell it reaps reward uh, for sure. So, um, and if you have a kid in one of those programs, you definitely know all the awesome things that they learn and do. It's really really cool. So, for today, you have to deal with me. So if you want to exit, the door is right there, and we'll get started. Now, on Friday, we sent out our weekend update. If you don't already receive this, please, 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 please go to the website. I'll let you pull out your phone right now. Go to, the, go to southfieldchurch.com and um, sign up for the, for the weekend update. If you don't want to do it right now, you can speak with someone at the info hub, which is that desk right out by our front door, before you leave. Basically, what the update does is gives us a section called heart prep, and that heart prep is an opportunity to get ready for what's coming on Sunday. So you'll have uh, music, the, the, the songs that we're going to be singing, you can listen to those so that there's no surprises and you know the lyrics and you know how the song goes. Uh, there's also the, the passages, so any topics that are going to be spoken on that morning, you can go to scripture and, and kind of get a feel for where the direction of the morning is going. Uh, just a really, really cool, cool piece. It also gives you links for, uh, for watching and listening. It gives you links to, to Dwell, which is our uh, preferred Bible reading app. We pay for a subscription, a church-wide subscription, so you can not just read the Bible, but also listen to it in many different ways. M- music playing in the background, all different kinds of things. All that is in that top section, in that heart prep sec- section of the update. So if for no other reason... Uh, Get signed up for the update just so you can have that each week. But if you follow the list on down every week, we give you what's going on around the church. So whether you are a first-timer or uh, you've been around for 10 years, you know exactly what's going on that week. And if you looked at it this week, you saw that we've extended volleyball. And volleyball is going to be going on on Friday nights still. um, I believe it's 6.30 to 8.30, and it's going to go through December, which is really exciting. We have that opportunity to get together, be athletic, have a good time together on Friday nights. Uh, you also m- may have noticed that there's an opportunity to get involved in serving. Every Sunday, the coffee does not just magically appear, although that would be really cool if it did. No, we have people that show up at 7.45 every Sunday morning and engage in what's called a soft serve. We call it a soft serve not because we really love ice cream, but because it's an easy-on, easy-off-ramp uh, serve. So it's, it, it's something that you'll do for a week, or a month and it's scheduled so that you're not doing you know you don't sign up to do 745 from now until the end of time uh, there's a there are teams and schedules and, and everything works in so it 's a really easy way to get involved if you're looking for that first step if you're looking for the first way to engage in what we've been talking about the last few weeks in terms of serving the coffee prep team is a great place to start and people will love you for it so um, Go ahead and if you'd like to be a part of that, you can click on the link in the update uh, or just email the church and let us know that you are interested in finding out more and we can get you set up if that's something that you would like to to be a part of. It's really, again, really cool way that we have for for people to get involved here on Sunday mornings. This afternoon, we have our registration for our Christmas plays choir closing. So if you are age 2 to 5th grade... I got that right this week. I'm so proud of myself. Um, Age two to fifth grade, you can be a part of our children's children's choir that's going to be a part of the Christmas program coming up in December. The thing about that is that registration, as I said, closes today. Uh, Once it closes, it's closed because we need to get some practices in. So once you sign up, if you have a, again, two-year-old up through a fifth grader, you register them, you'll receive some communication in the form of an email that gives you links to some songs. Those songs are the songs that they need to listen to before coming to two mandatory practices. There's a mandatory practice this Tuesday and next Tuesday from five to seven both times, so two weeks, two hours each, um, just to make sure that kids know where they're going to be standing, what their leaders look like, that they can actually sing, it, or just stand there and look cute, whatever it is, um, and we're going to be entering in the gym door, or through the gym doors on Tuesday. So this Tuesday, next Tuesday, if you are dropping someone off to be a part of that children's choir opportunity, you won't come through the front door. Uh, you're going to go over to the gym doors where Refuge and Revive enter for our, um, for our nightly meetings. Speaking of Refuge and Revive, Refuge is taking the week off this Wednesday. We know that people are going all over the place, out of town, or just doing some stomach prep in, uh, in anticipation for Thursday's meal. So we're going to uh, give our, our leaders the week off to enjoy, because um, they don't usually get the, the, um, the holiday weekends. Revive, we'll have every now and then, we'll get a long weekend. But Refuge is a grind, and they just are there every single Wednesday, week in, week out, serving our kids. And that is a a really, really fun team to be a part of, but even we need to breathe sometimes. So this Wednesday, no Refuge, but tonight, Revive is still meeting, and we're actually extending our time together. We're going to be meeting from 5 to 8 instead of 6 to 8. So high schoolers, if you have to show up late, you can, but if you show up at 6 expecting to be a part of the Thanksgiving dinner, it's going to be gone. Okay? Uh, so there's all kinds of food that's going to be brought here tonight. We've got a couple turkeys, one smoked, another one not smoked. I don't know. Uh, there's all kinds of food, all kinds of food that's going to be there, and it will all um, all be set up and ready to eat by about 5.15. Um, so if you're bringing something, don't forget it. Um, but that's going to be a really, really good time where we just get to eat and enjoy our time together, and then after which we'll, we'll play some games and hang out until, uh, until 8 o'clock. This afternoon, I know, people, I know that it's 35 degrees. I know that your fingies get a little cold when it's 35 degrees, but doggone it, this is Chicago, Illinois, and we are Bears fans, and we don't care if it's cold, so we're going to play football. From one to three today, we are going to do our best with that turkey bowl, so it is moving forward. We're not canceling. There's no way that I would ever be able to live that down from my buffalo-blooded dad, because um, they had to move from Buffalo to Detroit to play a game this week, because there's so much snow in Buffalo, and I was like, yeah, a bunch of wimps. We are going out onto the gridiron and, and freezing together. It's going to be really fun. Um, if you'd like to come and watch, that is still an option, although you might be officially deemed crazy if you come and watch and sit in the howling wind, but it's going to be a really good time. If you didn't register for that, we had about 20 registrations. Um, If you didn't register for that and you're like, oh, I would like to come, please do. One o'clock to three o'clock or as long as our fingers last. um, Out on the Shanahan Junior High soccer field, so that's right across the street. Um, Head down Dove and it turns into Sioux and you'll see the big soccer field out uh, next to the junior high on the Route 6 side of the junior high. We'll be set up, and we'll have some water there. Um, but everything, anything else that you might need, dress warm, you know, get your lunch in before, get that hearty meal so that you're ready to, to go play some awesome flag football. And I will throw every pass if that's what's required uh, for us to, to make it through, even if my fingers do fall off. So again, looking forward to it. We'll, it'll be um, a really, really great time. So uh, as we shift gears now into the message... Um, I do want to point out that we've been studying serving. We've looked at all different aspects of serving. We've talked about love. We've talked about foot washing. We've talked about blue collars and baby boomers and basketball teams and instruments. And we've talked about a whole lot of different things and a whole different methods to serving and a whole bunch of different reasons uh, for our hearts in terms of why we serve. I think John thirteen thirty five perfectly encapsulates where we've been going with this uh, with this series. By this, by our, our actions, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Everything that we've been talking about through serving, it is all funneled through this idea of love and having love for other people. Um, so whether you're putting in, what, whatever you're putting into your serve, whether you ser- currently serve right now um, or in your, you're in your Serving off season, um, who, what you're doing, who you're doing it for, how you're doing it, each of these things, according to the Bible, can set you apart from the world. You're acting differently. You are showing an appreciation and a love for other people, whereas people who do not know the Bible or do not have some kind of moral code to, to live by, they do everything for themselves. So we are able to declare ourselves Jesus Christ followers. Um, simply by the way that we serve and the way that we act. Last week, John Beaker did a fantastic job walking us through the next level of that. And one thing that he said, I sat through both services and both times, something smacked me right in the mouth. He looked us dead in the eyes and he said, your serve is you. It's what you do, whether you are alone, whether you are in a group, whether you are uh, leading or whether you're part of a team, it doesn't matter. Your serve is you. It's everything that you do. Your serve, is, is every it wraps everything up. So this week, I'm going to take that idea, and we're going, to, uh, we're going to roll with it into Thanksgiving. And I'm sure that some of you are already prepared for it, and I, I know that some of you, if you are on social media, whether it be Instagram, or Twitter, or Facebook, or TikTok, or whatever you're on, I'm sure that you've already started seeing quotes like, "...have an attitude of gratitude." You've probably also seen hashtag blessed. You've seen all these nice sayings and everything written in scripts, and you know, there's like this welcoming, warm part of the holiday season to try and get us into, into the attitude of thankfulness heading into Thanksgiving. People are going to express their thanks for things in, in many different ways, and we're going to get there. But before we do, I have a question for you, and it's a very, very important one. It's one that, um, could alter my week, it could alter yours, it may cause fights amongst your families. Um, So I apologize to start off the service this way, but, but I have to know, this week you have $20 to build a fantasy Thanksgiving food lineup. Here's the way this works. Each row, you row across like you're rowing a boat across a lake. I don't know why that helped me, but it does. Okay, so each row you can only choose one thing. You cannot choose multiple from the same row. That's cheating, and we do not like cheating, okay? Uh, each column you can see is listed up at the top, so the things on the far left, all of those things in the left column are $5. They cost $5, and all the things on the far right cost one, and everything in between uh, costs their, their appropriate dollar amount. The one thing that I don't want you to miss is that we have some extras down here at the bottom that are kind of getting cut off. If you buy the mashed potatoes... You might want gravy, but it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you $3. You can spend $2 on some biscuits. Biscuits also include dinner rolls and Hawaiian rolls. Okay, I'm I'm wrapping all of those delicious things into one. You get the butter with it, too. Okay, I'm not that mean. Uh, And then we have cornbread down in the bottom right-hand corner there for $1. So we're going to spend 60 seconds, and I legitimately want you to talk this out with your family or your friends or the stranger that you're sitting next to. Build your lineup. You have $20 to spend, and you need to build a meal. Ready, set, go. All right, if you'd come back to me in five, four, three, two, one. You guys are better than my junior hires. That's great. Um, Yeah, so I, I I hope this helps you if you were trying to decide on what you wanted to eat this week. Can I just get a show of hands? Did anybody choose the tofu turkey or the the tofurkey? Okay, we had a couple tofurkey fans. I I can't believe it. Looking at that um, makes me question if it's even real. But either way... (laughs) Either way, uh, I heard a lot, of good, a lot of good lineups. I'm just going to give you mine really quickly. You have to have the whole turkey. I'm a whole turkey kind of guy. First time I go up, I want the white meat. Second time I go up, I want the dark. So I can't choose between them. I have to have the whole turkey. The most underrated Thanksgiving side is potatoes al gratin. I want the cheesy potatoes give them to me for three bucks in row two, I'm taking it. And I know some of you are like, it's Thanksgiving, you have to have mashed potatoes. No, 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 you don't, because I don't like gravy. So what I do with my mashed potatoes is I press the gravy bowl into my mashed potatoes, but then I fill it with corn. Since I'm not taking mashed potatoes, I'm taking the cheesy potatoes, I am also not taking corn. And you're like, what? It's corn, a big lump. We're not going there. But I'm not taking corn because the number one, and I mean the number one, all-time undisputed champion of Thanksgiving dinner is stuffing. If you don't like it, you're wrong. Okay, You need stuffing, and stuff. stuffing. Stuffing you only get once a year. Everything else, you can have as much as you want. Eat all the beets you want the rest of the year. But Thanksgiving Day, you better have that stuffing. <laughs> Side dish number two, I actually uh, i have an admission. I was introduced to Brussels sprouts when I was in elementary school by Bob the tomato and Larry the cucumber at day camp when we were at our old building. Bob and Larry would sneeze out elephant boogers. And then they would take these frozen elephant boogers and launch them into the crowd, and everybody was grossed out about it, by it. It took me 22 years to get over that. I did not eat Brussels sprouts for 22 years. But then my wife, after we got married, she said, I want to make some Brussels sprouts. And I said, I'm not eating boogers. But then she put brown sugar on it. And she put, like, she got them all crispy and they didn't smell bad. And I was like, what are these things? And she's like, these are the Brussels sprouts. I was like, all right, I'm in. So, yes, mac and cheese is good. Squash, eh. Cranberries, I know some of you are like, uh, that doesn't look like the cranberries I eat. Mine comes from a can. But, but the Brussels sprouts, underrated, even though they're $4, I'm taking them. And finally, for dessert, it's not Thanksgiving without a pecan or pecan, however you say it. I don't care. Which way is the fancy way? Pecan? Um, you got to have the pecan pie. I need it. It's got to be on the table. I can't lie to you. It might not happen until after I wake up from my nap but that pecan pie is a must. And I'm going to take some biscuits and rolls with that because it wouldn't, like, I just wouldn't be completely full if I didn't shove Hawaiian rolls into every crevice that was, that was left. So maybe my list matches up to yours, maybe it doesn't. Um, but one thing that I can promise you is that at some point throughout this week, you and I both will hear people say, I'm thankful for blank. Maybe your family has a tradition where you sit in a circle, and before you can eat, everybody um, gives something that they're thankful for. My family was torturous. Uh, we, and Torturous in a good way, but as an 11-year-old, I about lost my mind. Every member of our family that would show up to our grandparents' house would have three pieces of corn, and we'd pass around this old gummy bear jar, and each person had to say three things that they were thankful for, but you could only do one at a time. So everybody would drop it in, say what they're thankful for, why they're thankful for it, and we'd pass it around. And we didn't eat until that was done. It was hard. And if you want to start that tradition, I highly recommend it, especially if you have little ones. It was great. I looked look back on it fondly, but in the moment, I was ready to look like I'm salivating like a dog, drooling. So I'm sure you'll hear somebody say that I'm thankful for blank, What I want to do today is shift our thanks. I'm going to shift our thanks into a serve and into a way that we can honor God. So we're going to be pointing our hearts and our minds towards God in Thanksgiving this year. Now, every—for those of you who don't know, I teach 7th and 8th grade social studies and civics at Shannon Junior High. Every single day, when my kids walk into class— there's an agenda slide. It's got like a quote of the day, history, fact of the day. And then you go to the next slide, and there's a daily check-in. So just like we did with the building the Thanksgiving fantasy food lineup, uh, my kids are asked a question that then I take their responses. And it just helps me to get to know them, helps them to interact with each other. And sometimes they're really funny. Sometimes they're really serious. And this week, because I was running on low brain power, I just said, what's one thing that you're really thankful for? In every single class... I had at least one student willingly offer by raising their hand and saying, nothing. I was like, what? What do you mean nothing? And I didn't outright say, well, you're a jerk. Instead, instead, I, I listened. I was like, what do you mean nothing? There's nothing to be thankful for this year. It, literally, every class had at least one kid that, that said something to that order and i i let it go in the moment to catch everybody else's answers but then in the spare time i'd go i'd i'd catch that kid and say hey that answer it's not that i don't like it but is there something going on what's what's beneath the surface here what's going on at home how's how's sports going did you just have you started dating heaven forbid and you just broke up with somebody what's going on And I I received a a variety of responses. Well, I'm doing terrible in school, so I'm going to be grounded all Thanksgiving break. There's going to be nothing to be thankful for. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. Uh, The next one, I, I don't really get along with my cousins. I've got to spend four days in a cabin with them, and my mom thinks I really like them, but I really don't. So this is, I'm not going to be thankful for anything when I'm sitting there. And believe me, I talked through this with that kid. Okay. Didn't just let it go. Um, But then I had another who said, I I don't have anything to be thankful for because this is the first year that um, mom's house and dad's house are not the same place. (laughs) For those of you, or for for those people who say divorce doesn't impact kids, don't work with kids. (laughs) They don't work with kids. Because as, as I was able to sit with this, with this child and just talk through and reason through um, how to make the best of it, you could see, I mean, tears welling up, heartache, true, sincere heartache. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't get to be with my family. I only get to be with half of it or part of it, and it kills me. So, what the heck do I have to be thankful for? If my family is split, or I'm doing terrible in school, or work's not going well, or these relationships are broken, or something is going on, what in the world could I be thankful for in this totally divided political climate, in this work environment, having to pay all this extra money for groceries and things like that? What could I possibly be thankful for in 2022? Thankfully, when we have those thoughts, we have something that we can go to to remind us exactly what we can be thankful for. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 4. This is Paul speaking. He said, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. Basically, wow, I am just, I am so happy. I literally praised God because you remembered me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned, or, I'm sorry, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be. Intent. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then one of the most misrepresented and misquoted verses in all the Bible, Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Him, Christ who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel. When I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you alone. Only you guys. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So, having this, how are we supposed to approach thanksgiving? More importantly, how are we to be thankful people? How are we to get our hearts ready? We talked about heart prep On our weekend update, that heart prep that can get us ready for Sunday morning, how do we do heart prep for Thanksgiving? What does that look like? When we say a prayer like, Dear God, I'm thankful for blank, the first step is we need to make sure that our lips are matching our hearts. It can't be empty words like thanks that don't really mean anything. If I had a dollar for each time that my mom had to tell me, Brian, come back here, say that again, and this time prove to me that you mean it, I'd be able to buy Twitter or at least a couple of shares. <laughs> Being a teacher, I bribe students. Yeah, and I bribe them a lot. I do that oftentimes with candy. Do this task exactly how I've instructed you how to do it in exactly the time frame I'm asking you to do it without distracting anyone in any way, and I will reward you with one rancher of the jolly variety. <laughs> After I give out the candy though, I always know who actually appreciated the gift, because that's really what it is. Yes, they're earning it, but I'm, I don't have to. I'm providing a gift, and I know who thanks it, or I know who's thankful for it, because there are three tiers or levels of students. Tiers in education I mean something totally different. For all the teachers, they're like, if you say tier three, no, okay. So we're doing three levels. Three levels of teaching, or three levels of thankfulness today. Level one kids, they're great. Okay, I love the level one kids. I love all all three levels of kids. But level one kids are the ones who will look me dead in the eyes after receiving that candy and say, wow, thanks Mr. Pat, as they pop the candy in their mouth. And then they'll ask, can I throw this wrapper away? Sure can, Timmy. And Timmy will get up, (laughs) head on over and throw that wrapper into the garbage just like he's supposed to. Level one kids are great. But then you've got your level two thankful kids. Level two kids, they won't necessarily look at you. They're following your hand that has the candy in it. And as soon as you toss it to them or hand it to them, they will have heard the level one kid say, wow, thanks, Mr. Pap, can I go throw this away? And uh, the level two kid will mimic this in some way and they'll say, yeah, hey, thanks. And they'll pop the candy into their mouth and then they will hand their wrapper to the level one kid on their way to the garbage can. But then, then you have your level three kids. Your level three kids are wonderful people, okay? I I love them dearly. However, when there is candy on the table, the level three kid will scramble as quickly as they can to accomplish the task kind of half-heartedly. And then they'll sit with their hand open, staring, not at you, at the candy. Candy, 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 candy! And... Remember, you can't be distracting anybody. You've got to be patient. You've got to wait. But you promised, Mr. Pap. You promised. Put it here, pal. And they start to get aggressive, and it scares me. So I, as being a man of high character, give them the candy. <laughs> I promised. You got it done. Okay. But at that point, the level three kid, the level three thankful kid, will... Come close to eating the wrapper with how, cl- how quickly they're popping that candy into their mouth. And then somehow, within a matter of milliseconds, that wrapper will have found its way to the bottom of the desk, to their neighbor's forehead, to the ceiling. Yes, I had a Jolly Rancher wrapper on my ceiling this week. Don't ask me how, because I don't know. But they will find a way to make that wrapper ne- or needed to be cleaned up by somebody else. I love the level three kids, but... Uh, it's frustrating, right? Now, I don't say this to be like, well, it's parents these days. They just don't know how to teach their kids. Or, you're the problem, Mr. Pap. You give the candy to that kid anyway? No, I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody or trying to assign or receive blame. Instead, I, I think that all three of these kids, these types of kids, have been taught. They've been told, say, please, and thank you. They've been told that in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, on and on. They've been told it over and over and over and over again. And yet, I mean, students, earmuffs, junior highers and high schoolers are immature. They're immature and sometimes they forget. They forget what they're supposed to do. We all do. That's not just a kid thing. That's not just a student thing. We all forget how we're supposed to appropriately act sometimes. And I, I feel like I can say that because I've been working with students for more than 20 years now, uh, over a decade. And uh, so I've, I've, seen this, I've seen this play out. So it's not that they haven't been told, this is how to act appropriately. I truly believe that those three different kids, the modeling in their lives are different. The people who they are able to watch, not just say thank you, but live thank you, changes how they act. So, that's, that's where we're starting today. I'm not, uh, I'm, again. I'm not trying to do some big, crazy turnaround one day before Parent Teacher Conferences, and this isn't all about kids. This is about us and the week that we have before us. So I'm going to start today by talking about how we can live thankful lives. How can we be thankful and live it to where the world can see it? I want to look at three things from this passage that we read from Philippians chapter 4 as we prepare ourselves for the Thanksgiving holiday. We get a good life lesson on Thanksgiving. Hear from Paul as he writes this letter to the church at Philippi that supported him. So the first lesson that we learn is quite simple. These are going to be very straightforward thoughts. Be content. That's not make content. If you're on TikTok, yeah, your content's great. Be content. Totally different word. Even if our circumstances aren't great, we need to be content with what God has provided us and what God has given us proof of that is found in the first three verses we read. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. I've been in both sets of circumstances. I have had nothing, and I have had everything. And yet in both situations, I, Paul, have found how to find contentment, how to be okay when I have nothing, how to be okay when I have everything, and I have learned the secret—I'm sorry—and in, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. So it's not I can do all things through Him who gives me muscles strong like bull. No, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me because it doesn't matter if I have nothing. It doesn't matter if I have everything. It doesn't matter if I can do what i want to. It doesn't matter if i can't do anything at all. God is the one in control. And so no matter what you have, whether it's material, ability, anything, we can do it all through God who gives us that strength. Paul writes here that he just learned to be content, or learned to be as content with having little and having lot. Whether there's food on the table at Thanksgiving or not, Paul is going to be even keel, which if you have read Paul, that's kind of a funny thought. But what a weird time to mention contentment, right? We're about to engage in a feast of all feasts where every American gorges themselves and eats as much food as humanly possible. And this is the one time throughout the year that we are celebrating this, that we're doing it. So what a weird time to... Well, Thursday is all about overeating and doing extra, right? Not about being content. That's a weird time to talk about it. However... If you looked at your grocery bill this week like I did, I'm not content. (laughs) I am not, I had a moment where I was not content with the with the final bill. If I don't have my favorite food on my plate on Thursday, there's gonna be a moment where I'm gonna have to fight not being content. If I see that last scoop of cinnamon jello leaving the tray before I get my hands on it, I know you're like cinnamon jello. Yeah, try it, okay? Look it up. I'm not gonna be content. If I don't get my turkey coma while mindlessly watching football, immediately after that meal is over, if people are trying to talk to me, how dare they? I'm not going to be content. So I already know some battles that I'm going to face, but Paul claims that because Christ, who gives him strength, he he can make through any circumstance, no matter what. That's where we need to be because that's where God wants us to be. We should be reliant and dependent on Christ for our strength, and that we can be content in whatever circumstances we are in. Whether it's the first holiday apart from a loved one, through death or divorce or whatever, whether it's, um, whether it's another thing that's going on within the family, some family strife, whether it's the loss of a job or moving due to a new job, whatever it is, we can find strength in one and only thing, one and only place, and that's Christ. The second thing that we need to do to live a thankful life is, wait for it, be thankful. We actually need to be thankful. And I know that's like very simple, right? You're like, whoa, thanks, Brian, you really taught me a lot. No, even though Paul's circumstances weren't exactly the best, even though he didn't get everything that he may have wanted, he was still thankful. In verses 14 to 16, he says, yet it was so kind of you to share my trouble. And you, the Philippians, yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me except for you. You guys were the only ones that had my back. You were the only ones sending me money, sending me food, so that I could do what? Spread the gospel. Even in Thessalonica, even, or Thessalonica, even though I was away from you, apart from you, you found a way to help fulfill my needs through God. He expresses thanks the church was the, at Philippi was the only one that supported him, the only one that gave him anything. And he understood, Paul understood, what that meant. The ability to spread the gospel that by being supported by that church meant a lot. So he sent them their thanks. Would Paul have wanted help from other churches? Yeah, of course he would have. But was he still thankful even though he only got help from one of them? Absolutely. And he shows it here. So I have some questions for you to ponder how often are we thankful for what we have, even if it's not everything that we want? How many of you have gotten some money or gotten a gift or gone to an event and it wasn't exactly what you wanted or exactly how much you thought you needed, and, and even though you've been given this thing that's nice, that's helpful, you're like, mm, this is disappointing. How many of you have gotten gifts at Christmas and maybe... I know in, uh, in certain families, like, if, one's, if one child gets eight presents, then everyone gets eight presents, and those might be, you know, two of those presents might be socks that have been split into two, but everybody's got eight packages to open. What happens when you open up that first box and it's one sock, and then a second box and it's another sock? You're like, what the heck is going on here? Where is the contentment there? Can we still be thankful? Of course. We need to be thankful for what we have and what we are given because it's God who's giving it to us through our family, through our friends, um, and through our church. Even if it's not necessarily everything that we want because everything that you want, it'll never be enough. You will always want something more, something better. A new update will come out and you'll be like, ooh, I should have waited. Third, we we need to get our hearts right so to live a thankful life, we need to be confident in God. In verse 19, Paul says, "And my God, I or italicize it and underlined it, will supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus, not might, not could, not can, not maybe tomorrow, maybe not pray on it, and then he no, My God will it is a promise, supply every need of yours according." Not to my will, not to your will, but his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Paul says here as a believer, God will supply your needs. Does that mean that your life's going to be cake? No. Does that mean you will even get cake? No, not at all. No, because our purpose here is to spread the gospel. So he will give us what we need to accomplish that goal, that mission. And he wants us to align with that. Thinking about this reminded me of Matthew 6:26, where it says, "Look at the birds of the air; they neither sow nor reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value, or do you not have more value than they? Do you God feeds the birds and makes sure that they can survive. Do you not think that He's going to feed you? Do you not think that He's going to take care of you? The Bible says He will." You have to believe. You have to trust. And we worry so much sometimes about what's going to happen if we actually release and relinquish that control. If we truly hand over decision making to God. If we pray and we answer not in the way that maybe we want to but the way that God is calling us. But ultimately that's what he wants. That's what he wants of us. He wants us to be confident in him that he will take care of us. So, in case you don't have a list of things to be thankful for this week, I'm going to give you a list. Okay? We can be thankful for a God who's patient with children who screw up all the time. We can be thankful for a God who still loves us unconditionally, even after we reject him time and time and time and time again. If you want proof for that, go to the Old Testament, read about the Israelites. We can be thankful for a God who gives us strength through his son, Jesus Christ we can be thankful for a God who will always provide for our needs according to his riches and his glory. We can be thankful for a God who doesn't require us to jump through spiritual hoops for him to come into our lives. And according to Romans 10, 9, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe it in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, then we not might, not could, not can, but will be saved. So this Thanksgiving, I encourage you to be content, be thankful, and be confident in God. Stick to him. Living thankful lives is a part of the way that we serve the earth, serve the people that God has put into our lives. I'm not a Hallmark guy. Um, I have some weird stances on things, and I fully admit that. Like, uh, another weird sense that I have is chapstick was invented by chapstick companies to sell chapstick, because I b- truly believe that if you need chapstick, you need water, friend. Drink some water. You're dehydrated. And my wife is sitting over here with 14 f- sticks of chapstick, saying you're wrong, um, which is okay. It's okay. Uh, but I, similarly, in in a similar vein, I'm not a I'm not a big card giver. And by not a big card giver, I mean. I can count on one hand the times that I have given a card to somebody that wasn't required of me to do. Not like a, thank you for sending this gift card, okay? Um, And uh, that's not something that I'm proud of, but I I try and make it up in other ways. Because the card, I'm looking, I'm like, how is this card? It doesn't even play music and it's $8.99? What's going on? (laughs) My in-laws, sorry Aaron if you're watching, uh, they are the opposite They write a card for everything. Happy Tuesday, here's a card. You unloaded the dishwasher, here's a card. Wow, you clipped your toenails, here's a card. Card for everything. And so for me, when I receive a card, the thing that it does is it lets me know that that person was thinking of me. So the card givers, if you're a card giver, please don't stop, don't stop. It's really, really cool. And I could venture to guess that every single one of us at some point has done something for someone that then led them to say thanks in a special way. This past week, I had a, an eighth grade student of mine bring in something that was rudimentar, rudimentarily made in shop class at the high school. Um, it was wood burned. It said, Mr. Pap on it. It's really cool. And I, she brought it up to the desk, plopped it down, and she goes, this is for you. Was, cool. <laughs> Neat, and it's it's like got some drilled holes for different like markers and pencils and pens. I'm like, this is awesome. Thank you so much for making it. She's going, oh, no, no, no. I didn't make this. My sister did. I was like, your sister? Well, why? I haven't had you like your sister. I was only a sub when your sister was here, and I only talked to her like maybe twice. Did she really actually make? It? And she said, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Here's the card. And I open up. Oof, I open up the card. And this girl, who is now a a junior, um, shared a sentiment that I had spent some time after class just talking, I noticed that she wasn't having a good day, and before sending her to her next class, I just asked, how are you doing? And I sat and engaged in a conversation, the next day I wasn't subbing, I was gone, I never even got to see her again, I have not seen her physically in person again, because that was right before COVID. I haven't seen her. And this card, she just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for the time that you invested in me and caring about, um, caring about us. And this is totally unplanned. Completely random. And by completely random, I mean 100% planned by God. As I was getting ready, in between services, I got a card. I don't know if you can see it online. You can zoom in. It says thanks. And I'm going to call her out because this is, This is a handwritten note, handwritten card from Izzy Kaluzny. And it just, I'm not going to share the sentiment, that's from me and Riley, okay? But just a handwritten note saying, thanks for some special stuff. That makes me feel good. And I'm sure that if you got cards like that, or if you have received a card like that, it makes you feel good. That's not something to feel bad about. And I'm going to give you biblical proof of that. Because we are designed like our creators. So as quickly as I can, I'm going to go through a familiar story from Luke chapter 17. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. This is Jesus. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Luke is the only one of the Gospels where Jesus is referenced as a master in this story. And so that's why I chose it because it's, it's kind of cool, the relationship that, you know, they're... They know who he is, and they are addressing him as such. Not just, hey, healer dude, come help me. No, they, they say, master, have mercy on us. They recognize who he is and what he can do. When he saw them, when Jesus saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. We don't know if it was, like, instantly they turn around and boom, the leprosy is gone. Uh, leprosy is a nasty disease that like, kills your nerve endings, so you can't feel pain. So... It was really contagious and people would get like open source because they'd get cuts and not feel it and then those cuts would get infected and then they'd die Um, because ancient Jerusalem didn't have good medicine. Um, So it was a really, really bad thing to have. You had to walk through the streets literally saying, unclean, unclean, stay away. I am unworthy. Unclean, unclean. Jesus, on his last trip to Jerusalem before his death, spending the last bit of time that he can on earth with his friends, his closest followers, took the time to stop and say, go and show yourselves to the priest. Because at the time, the priests, were they doubled as um, disease experts. So you could go to your priest and they'd say, yep, looks like you're going to die. Or, yeah, put some of this on there and uh, you should be good in about a week. I'm so glad that's not the case today. Because if you all came to me with your ailments, I would have no idea how to help you. And I apologize for that. i probably just give you some chapstick. Uh, <laughs> but Jesus sends the ten away. He says, go, go to the priests. Show that you have been healed. Because these people would have been well-known. They're outside of the city. They've been outcasted. Uh, and so they would have been known by the priests. One of them, one, saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God in a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet giving him thanks. And that man was a Samaritan. Full-blooded Jews did not like Samaritans. They literally saw them as half-breeds, and they were not kind to the Samaritans. Uh, You can read the story of the Good Samaritan later. That's a good story, too. But but there was no reason for Jesus, the Jew, to solve the uh, afflictions of the Samaritan, other than the fact that Jesus loves people, and he wants to see them get better. But the Samaritan's the only one who came back and said thanks out of the 10. 10%, it's not good. Jesus responds, we're not 10 cleansed. Where are the nine. When was no one found to return and give praise to, this, to God except for this foreigner? He said to him, rise and go on your way for your faith has made you well. This, if you read it out of context, maybe kind of sounds like Jesus is a little bit of a jerk. Really? I did all this for this people and they can't even come say thank you? But if you have that perspective, you're completely missing the point. You see, God wants credit for the good things that he has done. God wants all of the credit. And that's not because He's, you know, he wants his new gold star, or he needs that employee of the month parking spot. No. God wants all of the credit because he wants to show the power of the gospel. He wants to put his power on display for the world. And the way that he can do that is through providing for his people exactly what they need. But the people need to give God credit in order for that to be recognized by everyone else. So God wants the credit. We are going to uh, shift into communion here because I, I want you to realize giving thanks giving thanks is serving. You are serving people when you offer thanks and you give credit to the one who made it all possible. So as we shift to communion, uh, we have stations around the room, gluten-free on the platform and one back by the camera. Um, I have a question for you. And that, that question is this. How can I show thanks to God for what he's given me this week. And I don't mean like you literally had to be given something this week. I'm talking about Thanksgiving week. And note that I didn't say what. I didn't say what are you thankful for. I'm not asking what are you going to say when you're sitting in your family circle and dropping corn into a bucket. No. How? How can you show the level three thankful kid what thankfulness to God looks like this week? What actions can you take What words can you speak? What listening ear can you lend? What boldness can you show at the dinner table? What note can you write that will show how you are thankful to God this week? Ponder that question as we head into communion. As we come out, we've got two songs for you before we close.
1: want to leave your day with a smile. My name's Dennis. I'm normally up here speaking, but this past two weeks I've returned to my roots. A lot of you don't know I spent a year being a children's pastor and uh, did a bunch of summer vacation Bible schools. so it was just fun to go back and see what we do with little kids and what we do with our big kids on a Sunday morning, the things they're learning, the way they're learning. You see, here's what I believe with all my heart. God can reach the heart of a child. He can reach the heart of the child. And it's not that it's too late if we don't reach the heart of the child, but why wait? Why wait? And so we have this tremendous privilege of reaching the hearts of children. And one of the children that God has brought into our life is named Violet. And the reason I say she's gonna, we're going to leave with a big smile is this girl's got a big smile. She's just got an amazing smile. We've been looking at pictures of you all week long, and you just had this grin, and every time I look at a picture of you on Instagram, it makes me smile. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. That grin is going to, wow. Oh, you have a beautiful, beautiful smile. You know, you don't know this, Violet, but about a year ago, it was Christmas time, and we had a stable set up out in the foyer, and your mommy and daddy and Bennett came over to get family pictures. Yeah, remember Bennett? Yeah, exactly. Wow. And they came over to get family pictures, and you were not able to be seen because you were in your mommy, and you were growing and getting ready to come and just let yourself known to the whole world. And here you are, and you're going to get to celebrate your first Christmas and open all those presents, and it's going to be so much fun. You're going to have a great time. Your mommy and daddy chose a verse for you, and the verse is, be still and know, and I am God. Now, I imagine your parents would like to just put a period after be still, right? Because I suspect sometimes you can be a little noisy. But we need to be still. We need to be quiet sometimes because if we're not quiet, we don't know the great things that are going on all around us. When we're not quiet enough, we don't know that God's active in all these things. This morning was a little wacky. We got to church, and there was all kinds of nutty stuff going on. Computers weren't working right. Our furnace is broken so kids couldn't go in the room. And I had to stop every once in a while and just stop and go, what's your face saying, what's your body saying right now? Because I wanted to make sure that people know that I believe that God's in control even when things are going a little nuts. You are going to get the chance throughout your life to be quiet long enough to know that God loves you. He really does. Your mommy and daddy are going to show you that all the time. God gave you a great big brother. He's going to protect you and love you so much Sometimes you just got to be quiet to hear what God has to say. So let's see if you can be quiet while you come to me. Come here, sweetie. Violet, this is our prayer. That the Lord will bless you and keep you. That he'd make his face shine on you and that he'd give you peace. And we know that peace will only come when you are still enough to know who God is the day that you trust in Jesus as the forgiver of your sin and the leader of your life, how I pray that you'll help Well, it's mommy and daddy to show her who Jesus is and that she learns with Bennett who Jesus is. Oh, God, I just pray that you'd raise these up to be fantastic kids who know you and love you and trust you completely. Leaders in their world, a world that needs godly leaders. Help Violet to learn how to be still long enough to know who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. You did beautifully. You're amazing. We love you. You're a sweetie. So, Brian, you have some ending? Yeah. I'm realizing this is probably the last baby I'll hold before yours comes. That's kind of fun. I'm looking forward steal to that. The moment. I know, I know. It's it's pretty cool. So, yeah, thank you. That was wonderful. Yeah.
0: Before y'all leave, I just want to offer you a bit of encouragement this week. As you know, you, you deal with being thankful. Remember that smile. Uh, but also, if you find yourself, whether it's at work, with family, uh, with your neighbors, whomever, know that you can serve. Through thankfulness, you can show God, you can show God's love, and you can show that you are thankful to God for giving Him and pro, or giving you and providing you with all of your needs. And if it feels awkward to do that this week, good, because it sometimes it does. When people don't believe in God or they want nothing to do with giving God credit for anything, it's gonna it's gonna be hard. It's gonna feel awkward. Good, go for it anyway, and uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving week. We'll see you. Congratulations, it was wonderful.